We're the Con Guys, and this is the Con Guys Show, coming to you straight from the nerdy heart of Hollywood, California. And this is Jim with TheConGuy.com. She's been here with TheConGuy.com. Katie here, aka The Con Girl. Zordon did not want five teenagers with attitude. My name is Derek Sam. I'm Danae Sams, and that's my brother. We are your home for news, opinions, and interviews from the world of Comic-Cons and fandoms. Your ultimate insiders for all things Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Con Guy Show, where we talk about all things fandom and Comic-Cons and cool stuff through the perspective of filmmakers, the lens of filmmakers, if you if if you will. Um, the big guy is having his moment. We are talking the king of monsters himself tonight, Godzilla, who is currently on the big screen and Toho's fantastic new film, Godzilla Minus One. I don't want to say fantastic because that's giving away how I feel about it. We're about to do a review of it. So in the new film, Godzilla Minus One, he's also on the small screen on Apple Plus's Monarch Legacy of Monsters and the newest trailer dropped for next year's film from Universal Studios and Legendary called Godzilla X-Kong. Time or, God- Kong? or Godzilla and Kong, the new empire. Is this how they're teaching kids math these days? You got to have Godzilla in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But anyways, my name is Jim Fry. I'm a screenwriter here in Hollywood. And we have some guests tonight. These guests who are Godzilla fans. So you'll notice that our regular crew isn't here tonight. Because, eh, eh, no, they're not so much into Godzilla. I want a real Godzilla, Godzilla a little, 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 real Godzilla folks <laughs> on the show tonight. J- uh, Jake, would you go ahead and tell us about yourself? Hey, everybody. It's uh, Jake coming at you from the Jacoba system here in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, thanks again for having me on the show. It's always a pleasure to be here. I'm, I guess I'm not the official uh, collectible guy on the show, so I definitely have a lot of cool Godzilla collectibles to talk about tonight. Nice. And uh, obviously, we're going to talk about the new movie and kind of like our whole history with the franchise and the character Godzilla. So I'm really excited to be here. Jake just saw it yesterday. I love it. And Jake is on East Coast time, as is our next guest, Tom Parham, who we have not seen in a while. Thomas, introduce yourself, my friend. Hi, Dr. Thomas Parham. I chair the Department of Visual and Media Arts at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. And Tom is also, he's a screenwriter, teaches screenwriting. He knows everything there is to know about pop culture. Tom, do you still, you were doing a podcast for a while. You guys still doing oh, that? Yeah, no, just. It's been monthly. We're slowly building our fan base. Uh, and what is it? It's called Scream Tom on podcast by Spotify, as well as uh, I guess it's Apple Podcast now instead of iTunes. Because yep. heaven for Finn, we take our established brand and use that for <laughs> thing. And just real quick, do a little plug. What's your podcast about? Um, we It's a screen studies podcast, so we have a pretty regular format. We look at industry trends. Uh, the November episode talked about portrayals of Native Americans on film and TV. And a good friend of mine, one of my first ever college students, Dr. Lindsay Marshall, who has a doctorate in history, Native American studies. So she helped us unpack the history of Native Americans on film. And of course, we talked about the uh, current trend, including the Yellowstone family of shows as well as Killers of the Flower Moon, which I highly recommend if you haven't seen it. Oh, my goodness. I, I'm, I'm probably going to go see. I haven't seen it yet, but that's three. And a, is it? Just tell it me. Is that, quickly. Is it three and a half hours of brutality, though? 
No, Scorsese shows a lot of restraint because okay. I've seen classic Scorsese like Goodfellas and Raging Bull and Taxi Driver. You know, older, wiser Scorsese uh, movies like uh, Silence and Killers of the Flower Moon. He uses a very deft touch. Nice, nice. We'd like to say hello, Lily. So glad to see you tonight. Lily says she's Godzilla. I love Godzilla. I grew up watching Godzilla, those black and white ones. Then the color ones, too. I'm right there with you. <coughs> Excuse me. So today we are discussing the year of Godzilla. And basic. I don't know if, I, if it's fair to say, but I'm going to say this is peak Godzilla season right now. And oh, what he's having a year. Is it too much of a good thing? Or is this what we have been wanting? In 1954, the mighty prehistoric lizard was first wakened from his sleep by an atomic bomb off the coast of Japan and where... Whereas he then proceeded to wreak havoc on the residents of Tokyo. Um, first appearing in 1954, Godzilla has starred in a total of, if this is correct, 38 films. 33 of those were Japanese films produced and distributed by Toho and five American films. The first of which was produced by TriStar. I think that's the one with uh, 1998. I don't think we talk about that one. Am I right? <laughs> but yeah, the remaining... All the remaining ones are by Legendary Pictures, now in cooperation with Universal Studios. And the next one is set for release in April 2024. Guys, um, we are going to talk about Godzilla. I just want to know, real quick, let's start with Jake. Your first exposure to Godzilla, my friend, and and why what, what, what got you hooked? And Jake, you tell me. Jake gave me all kind of photos and stuff. Just tell me when to pull up any kind of photos you want me to pull up. Oh, okay. Well, we can get, yeah, those are for a little bit later. But uh, right. first exposure was, um, as a kid, I have two vivid memories. My dad bringing home two different VHS tapes. One was Creature from the Black Lagoon, and the other one was King Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> and, like, I saw that movie as a kid, and it just blew my mind. Like, just, it was everything I love. It's, like, giant monsters fighting, you know. Like we, I think we said before in some Jurassic Park thing we did, I'm like, what kid doesn't love dinosaurs? Like yeah, every, yeah. like, you know, or whatever, dragons, whatever, you consider Godzilla to be like a dinosaur, obviously like a dinosaur thing. Godzilla. Yeah. Here so, there be dragons. Do you have it? No, I don't. But this is my my uh, Blu-ray uh, well, steel, steel book of King Kong versus Godzilla. The original Ooh. King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. So this, this was definitely my big introduction. And then um, through a show, I actually wore the shirt tonight, um, TNT Monster Vision. I don't know if you guys remember this back in the day and on TNT in the 90s. They would play old monster movies all the time, and they would do Godzilla marathons a lot when I was a kid. And I would just like – I was just like a sponge, just like absorbing all this, like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. You know. <laughs> you good? We're good. Okay. And then other movies we had, like I picked up on VHS as a kid, like this is a classic. I still have my original VHS, Godzilla versus the Sea Monster. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then also, if you want to show that one picture, uh, there's a cartoon that I used to watch. Yep, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'm sure you guys know about this one. This was... Uh, Godzilla! Godzilla! Was this a hand? And Godzilla! <laughs> <laughs> We're such dorks. <laughs> I think I think this was a Hanna Barbera show, but it I was. To, yeah, 
I would watch this on um, the early days of Cartoon Network and like the early to mid nineties, they would play reruns of just before they started with adult swim and all. I watched it on Saturday morning cartoons, my friend. I know. I I watched it when it originally aired on NBC. Right. right, right. So I I watched the reruns in the nineties, but still like that was my, I was like, oh wow, I never knew about this, you know, and it's just like Godzilla. I'm all, I'm all in. (laughs) What about you, Tom? Uh, my introduction to Godzilla was the Marvel Comics adaptation from oh, the 70s, which because Marvel licensed a lot of properties for comics in the 70s, they would always insert them into the Marvel Universe. So that was also my introduction to S.H.I.E.L.D. and Dum Dum Dugan was kind of running point on the Godzilla task force. And then I saw the cartoon. I, of course, suspected that the real Godzilla did not have a cartoon nephew that was cute and adorable. <laughs> Well, he eventually, oh, son of Godzilla was a u- eventually cute and adorable. Was he? Well, <laughs> just Or just irritating. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's very odd. odd. He's, he's odd, I'll say that. So what I'm hooked very, you in, Tom? So what? What hooked you in? Well, I'm fairly new to the Godzilla-verse. Um, the, the new reboots from, um, from Legendary Pictures and I guess Universal now, formerly Warners. Yep. We a lot of nerds found out the hard way the difference between a financing company that owns a property and the distributor. But um, I think one of the things that hooked me was going to uh, WonderCon years ago. I think it was for Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah. And there were fanboys having complete nerdgasms, <laughs> especially Bear McCrary, whom I know a little bit from his Galactica days. Uh, was the composer for the movie and people were seriously having full-on nerdgasms so i watched the movie when it came out in theaters to see what's all the fuss about i i've enjoyed the uh i haven't seen the kong skull island because i hated the jackson king kong a lot i've heard kong skull island actually you you should check it out it's actually really good (laughs) i've heard it and it's got sam jackson in it it does yeah sam jackson pg-13 which i'm not used to it's like it's true I, I went violent. That thing, that movie is violent. Yeah, no, I, I'll be honest. I went to that theater being like, I don't know. But I remember leaving just being like, that was awesome. Like, I loved every second of that movie. So definitely worth checking out, in my in my opinion. My opinion, I, too. Uh, I watched uh, King of the, I guess it was King of the Monsters, then Godzilla vs. Kong, and then uh, went back and watched the Godzilla reboot with Brian Cranston, which is decent. I mean, it was Although Brian Cranston was wasted. Well, he's in he's in one act. It's like, oh, it's like, how much money you got? Okay, that's good enough for one act. <laughs> yeah, that's that's about it. But I love, love, love Godzilla minus one. Okay, yeah. we're gonna get there in just a second. But my, <laughs> I was introduced to Godzilla when I was a little kid, um, probably in the second grade. My dad had a had given me a model of Godzilla. My dad had put it together, glued it together, spent weeks putting it together, and it was when the lights would go out at nighttime in my bedroom. The, the fins on his back would glow. Hello? Yeah, and, and as a little kid, I remember him to be about this tall. So maybe he was about this tall. I, I don't know. But I wish I wish to goodness I still had that model because I always remember every time I go to a Comic-Con or a convention, I look for a model similar to that, like something you could put together. And, but I remember loving Godzilla as a kid when I was probably in the second grade, uh, the neighborhood – my best friend in the neighborhood, Paul and his mom, they took me to see 
Godzilla in the theaters, 1973, Godzilla versus Megalon. Oh. And yeah. one week later, it was on television, which <laughs> which was weird. I remember thinking as a kid, "Wow, that was weird." But um, of course, Megalon's regarded as one of the worst of the monsters. <laughs> I was gonna say, I think that's one of the few Godzilla movies that was actually on Mystery Science Theater three thousand. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't ever figure out. He's got like these appendages of this and this, and I'm he's, he's sure a mess. Yeah. But but yeah, I just um through the years, I just I, I'm not a guy who's like a Godzilla fanatic where I've studied all the Godzilla. You know, there's four different eras of Godzilla: the original in in, in the current era, and then the Showa era, and all this stuff. But I, I I know there are super campy movies. You know, I, I have some complaints about the trailer that came out for the new movie. But then Ben, who's on our show, sent me a GIF. Is it GIF or GIF? Nobody knows. It's really, it should be GIF because it's graphic. Okay. Interface. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah. Anyways, but it showed me, he goes, for people complaining about how corny some of that trailer is, and they had all these scenes from like Godzilla doing a dance in the olden one, or Godzilla sliding on his tail for like miles <laughs> to hit it. It's been yeah. pretty campy, but listen, let's do this real quick. The Hollywood Reporter this week, and let's just start this way. The Hollywood Reporter came up with their list of the top 20 from best to worst Godzilla monsters that Godzilla has had to fight against. So I thought it might be fun. Let me pull up the Hollywood Reporter list here. Let me go down. We're going to start at number 10. We're not going to go through all 20. We don't have all that kind of time tonight. But we'll start at number 10 and go through and see if you guys recognize these and then see if you, uh, these are any that you can remember. Do you guys know what this monster is? Oh, is that um, is that Destroya? No, that's Orga. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Look at his mouth. He's got this mouth, this weird mouth that extends. And like he put Godzilla all the way in his giant mouth during their fight. Oh, wow. So, so we're starting the, We're starting from 10. Yeah, 10. this is number 10. Okay, gotcha. Okay. We'll go 10. And this is, this thing appeared in Godzilla 2000, Millennium. In 19, oh, wow. yeah, Godzilla yeah, Godzilla yeah. 2000, Millennium, which appeared in 1999. Mm -hmm. These are, this is one of the Millenniums. Boy, that's quite a title. All right. This next one, I was surprised, showed up so far down the list. Rodan. Rodan, yeah. yeah. But like like Mothra, Rodan had a but Rodan had his own, his or her, because he lay she lays eggs, right? No, Mothra lays eggs. Mothra, yeah. No, well, Mothra is definitely female. Yeah. yeah. But like Rodan had a solar feature film all to himself before he ever appeared in a Godzilla film. He came in 1956. He's an irradiated, you know, pteranodon. And he had a female yeah. partner and they wreaked havoc over Japan. But then Rodan survived and came back to fight Godzilla later. So this is number nine. Uh, do you, have you guys seen the Rodan in the originals? Oh, you, wait, 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 wait. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let me, I was going to say. Let's see. Let me, wait, let me pull this There's up. There's a little, little Rodan for you. Well, that's very cool. I know that when my dad, when I used to watch uh, Godzilla movies with my dad when I was young, he used to always talk about Rodan. That was his one of his favorites. Now, this next one, see, this one is, uh, this one's very iconic. You see this all over the place. Gigan. Yeah. Gigan is pure chaos and violence, essentially filling the role of Godzilla's Joker, according yeah, to the Hollywood Reporter. This Godzilla versus Gigan came out in 1972. Mm -hmm. I always loved. I always loved how the the spikes on his belly was like a a, 
like a buzzsaw. Like it yeah, was a buzzsaw in his belly. Yeah. It was, it was, apparently, it was one of the bloodiest Godzilla movies that came out. Which was, does it actually act like a blood buzzsaw, Jake? Yeah, it spins like it's. Isn't that weird? <laughs> but it actually showed. It was yeah. the first time you showed Don't Godzilla's first blood. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. All right, this next one's kind of famous, and he's made a couple of appearances. Yep, Mecha Godzilla. Mecha Godzilla. Is he more machine than monster? Mechagodzilla is one of Godzilla's strongest and most popular adversaries. Um, he was inspired. Let me see. Nah, I'm not going to go into all that. But he came out yeah. in 1974, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, followed quickly by Terror of Mechagodzilla. And I guess, do you know the, the story behind Mechagodzilla? Um. Mecha oh wait, you got a Mecha Godzilla there. <laughs> of course you do. It's the Super Seven uh, Mecha Godzilla. I was so bummed because I bought this one first, and then like a year later they re-released it as a much more like chrome version, like a shiny metal version. Ooh. Like dang it! So oh, yeah, cool. I got. I just have this matte gray one. It's still cool, but it's kind of compared to the other one. It's pretty boring. But, but yeah, you know, it's interesting. And then this, this is, is a rather late addition to Godzilla's most recognizable foes, Mecha Godzilla proved to be such a hit that he had two movies originally mechagodzilla was a weapon designed by aliens yeah. to first turn the public against godzilla who had by this time emerged as a protector and they and were problems with that and they were um like it was like a planet of the apes type thing like the aliens were like ape men who appeared human but then when they would like shoot them with like razor lasers or ray guns or whatever they would turn to like plan the apes characters and then when mecha godzilla first showed up he looked like godzilla and people thought it was godzilla tearing up the city until the real godzilla shows up and then he hits him on the arm and breaks a big chunk of flesh off then you see there's metal underneath it's like oh it's like it's the mecha godzilla but, but what's yeah. interesting by the 2000s once, once we entered the millennium era mecha godzilla he came back and they reimagined him as a cyborg whose metallic body was built over the original bones of Godzilla. Yeah. So this is like a version of uh, Godzilla from, I think this is like 2004, uh, yep. the, the Final Wars movie, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, you can see they they added more like guns and all this stuff to him. So yeah, to me, I, I always thought as a kid, I thought Mecha Godzilla, besides King Kong, was always pretty far up there as like the best villains like that's the original one there's yep. the 04 and then this is the one we got in Godzilla versus Kong <laughs> the one that just came out was 2 years ago right yeah so yeah you can see like they definitely have a, a it's, uh, it's interesting the lasting appeal like you said of Mecha Godzilla it's just such a cool idea it's like what's what's cooler than Godzilla a robot Godzilla, robot Godzilla. <laughs> All right, <laughs> this next one I'm not super familiar with, but do you guys know who oh, this is? Oh, that's that? yeah, that's the smog monster. Um, oh, trash. Man. What's the What's the name? Hedera. Hedera. H. Yeah. yeah. He's a giant trash monster. Yep. He first appeared in Godzilla versus Hedera in 1971. From it was director a very... Yoshimitsu Bono. Yeah, it was a um, it was a very um... Um, it was one of the most like I guess moves that had the message like don't pollute the earth. Yeah, they had the whole thing about like the, there's a big theme song called Save the Earth throughout the movie. I remember watching that as a kid and just being like, 
wow yeah yeah <laughs> it's crazy yeah it is a it's a big message movie and again yeah. despite the singing hippies <laughs> right right <laughs> it also features one of godzilla's most brutal battles hetero not mm. only takes one of godzilla's eyes but he also burns his hand all the way down to the bone a very what? bloody fight yeah crazy is that crazy <laughs> I, I don't remember godzilla movies getting quite that destructive all right here's one that we all know and love Yep, Mothra. Mothra! <laughs> they, they, they really reimagined the monsters for uh, the legendary yeah. films. Yeah. Even she had some work done. It is Hollywood. <laughs> but like uh, Mothra also had her own movie before Godzilla. The giant mm -hmm. moth goddess debuted in 1961 in a movie called... Wait, wait. In the serialized novel, The Luminous Fairies and Mothra. And it was quickly made into a movie called Mothra that year in 1961. And then she emerged as Japan's second most popular monster after Godzilla. So Mothra was the second most popular after Godzilla, which is kind of cool. She earned the title Queen of the Monsters. Finally, she fought Godzilla in 1964. But eventually, she became... She, she wasn't evil. She became a, a good guy, a good lady. So Okay, I, Jake, I just have to clarify this. So... Was that accurate as in the legendary picture that Godzilla and Mothra have a thing going on? <laughs> it is. Um, it, I, it's, I've seen a lot of the movies. It's been a long time, so I don't really remember everything. So I don't know if it's like, uh, I don't know if they really have a thing going on, the old ones. But it's definitely, I mean, she's definitely like a one of the top characters as well. Most recognizable Mo, uh, Godzilla, you know, foes. And um, the thing that I remember the most from Mothra in the movies was how creeped out I was the, the little twins, the little, like the little, yeah, like, yeah. And it's cool they actually they did that in the legendary, but they weren't obviously they weren't little like they were. It was um, a woman who's like my twin died, and she had some kind of connection with Mothra. So I'm like, oh, that's a cool way they kind of kind of connected it, but also like didn't completely whatever just ignore the old story you know yeah but it is kind of a weird story like if you watch it like and again we gotta i think sometimes our american sensibilities get in the way of films that are not from america but it does just seem very weird i just noticed that um <laughs> all right we go through number three and then i don't have number two and one on here i gotta grab them real quick all right by the way who do you think number four is one of the most popular battles of in godzilla lore it's got to be king kong oh you got it my friend yeah. king kong <laughs> yep. king kong because you and you just showed us jake you got to get um the, the, the kong's relationship with godzilla is an interesting one particularly mm -hmm. since he's one of the only monsters that did not come from Toho. He's an American-made monster. Yep. And the giant gorilla first debuted in King Kong in 1933. And he, <clears throat> excuse me, and he inspired the creation of Godzilla. Um, and it would, because he was, Godzilla, King Kong was re-released in 1952. And then Godzilla came two years later in 54. King Kong versus Godzilla came in 1962. Jake, why is that one such a big one for you? Well, I mean, that was my introduction to both characters and then going forward and seeing like the original movies and just like, you know, seeing where the characters started from and like, yeah, it was just, it was just such a 
awesome movie like as a kid like just i love it and then now you watch it and there's a lot of stuff you're like yeah that's kind of cheesy that's whatever <laughs> you know it's like not kind of it's very cheesy but it's still like it'll always hold the place in my heart of just like this was and also you talk about just like the what a big deal it was like this was like the big american monster king kong and the big japanese monster godzilla meeting on screen fighting that you know, besides the universal monsters, like, you know, what other examples do we have of that where it's like huge characters like that, like Dracula versus Frankenstein or Wolfman and stuff. It was basically a new version of that, but with like these, you know, no pun intended, like monster characters, you know? Yeah. Titans. Yeah. Titans, which yeah. is a new thing. Give me one second, guys. I apologize. There we go. All right. Tom. Did you say? Have you? By, by the way, wait, wait, wasn't it true that isn't it true that the ending for King Kong versus Godzilla was different in each country? That's been a rumor for but years. It's not true, right? I don't know. It's it's always like someone's always like, oh, someone saw a print somewhere where in the Japanese version Godzilla wins, and then the American cut uh, King Kong wins. But I've also heard like there's no other version except the one we've always seen. Yep. So yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a film legend, I guess. Urban legend, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> All right, here we go. Number three, number three. You guys know this? It's one of the coolest That's, looking ones. Is that Destroyer? That's Destroyer. Okay, gotcha. I knew. Yeah. <laughs> he nearly killed Godzilla. Mm -hmm. His origin goes back to 1954 in a, a weapon known as the Oxygen Destroyer. That yeah. was used to defeat the original Godzilla. Godzilla versus Destroyer was came out in 1995, where the Oxygen Destroyer is revealed to have had an unintended consequence. Basically, it woke up all these animals underneath the that were trapped in the Earth's pre-Cambrian crustaceans trapped in the Earth, and he came out and it, these they mutated over 40 years rose up and you know the rest is history not only is destroyer incredibly durable and able to withstand godzilla's atomic blast but he also proves to be more than a physical adversary by getting into godzilla's head by killing his son godzilla jr which uh. furthers godzilla's descent into nuclear meltdown which ultimately proves catastrophic to destroyer's survival that is very very craziness that's that's just nuts such a cool design i love that all right, this next one. Give me just give me one second, guys. I apologize for this. I um, this is the one that I don't have. Export. We'll call it. Yeah, go with Bill. So number. <laughs> I apologize, to everybody watching. This is the one that did not import. Real quick, I'm doing it right now. All right, this is number two. And I was actually super surprised at, that the Hollywood Reporter called this the second biggest one in history. Do you, this is uh, Violente. Yeah. One of the best designed kaiju in the history of cinema. Have you seen this one, Thomas? No. It's a, in Godzilla versus Violante, which is 1989, the monster is the result of a grieving scientist merging his daughter's cells with a rose. And later, Godzilla's cells leading to a stunning evolutionary process that may be the closest a Godzilla film has gotten into Cronenberg territory. Huh. 
Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I thought it was some kind of like plant monster or something. It, it kind of is. Like, you don't see, it looks like a giant rosebush monster. Yeah. It, remind, it kind of reminds me of Audrey, too, from Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe this. All right. I don't think, okay, you guys, who is the most popular monster to fight Godzilla of all yeah. time? Kadira. King yep, Ghidorah. There you go. Yep. I, there's no, there's none other. Ghidorah is just like, is it Ghidorah? Ghidorah? I don't. It's King, the, uh, King Ghidorah, I believe. Oh, it's Ghidorah? I think so. I'm pretty sure. First appeared in Ghidorah, the three-headed monster in 1964. It might be Ghidra. I don't know. Ghidra. <laughs> Some people call it. It's 1964. Um, he cemented himself as Godzilla's arch nemesis and a true threat to his dominance on Earth. Co-creator Ashira Honda based Ghidorah's design on the mythological Japanese dragon, Yam um, Yamato no Orichi. I'm not going to pretend like I can pronounce these correctly. Yamato no Orichi, and equipped the creature with gravity beams and later chain lightning attacks. Um, he's been seen in Destroy All Monsters of 60 in 68, Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah, 1991, and Godzilla King of the Monsters in 2019, which was the legendary one. Yep. Um, which gave each head a new, its own personality, which was new for for. Which was kind of cool. I liked it. I thought it was cool. It was the, I thought it was the best part of the new films. I always know. think of, I always think of um, the movie Pee Wee's Big Adventure when I see because <laughs> because the scene where he's going through Hollywood the, the studios and he goes through the, they're making a Godzilla movie and it's Godzilla and King Ghidorah and Ghidra or whatever. Mm -hmm. Knocks them into the the car and they all go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, guys. So, how about before before we talk about Godzilla minus one? Let's talk about um, just for a second about um, how the whole Godzilla universe seems to be sitting this week. We have we have the movie, we have next year's movie, and we have the series. Thomas, you've been watching the series, right? Yes. And Jake, have you seen the Apple series? I have not. Okay. Go ahead. I'm, I'm well, fine. Thomas, how about me and you talk about this? Because I've seen every episode, which is five episodes. Episode six comes out this Friday. For those of you watching this right now, um, let me see. We, we have a couple comments. I forget. Uh, Lily said she did not like any of the American versions. Yeah. None of them. <laughs> I'm close to you, fair, Lily. Fair I, enough. Uh, fair enough. But um, Thomas, so the Apple series is super ambitious, super big, giant budget. Tell us, I want to hear your thoughts about it. It's kind of an interesting way to approach it. And obviously it's called Monarch Legacy of Monsters. So we literally, I mean, Godzilla's screen time so far, we see fleeting glimpses of him. Yeah. In flashback. And um Basically, Godzilla attacked San Francisco. They call that day G-Day. Yep. And the uh, the main plot of the series is uh, a young woman travels to Japan and finds out she has a half-brother she didn't know existed. And it turns out, dude, dad had a family in, in the States and a family in Japan. <laughs> so the two half-siblings initially don't play well with each other, but of course they have to. For me, the big draw is, and, and kind of kind of one of the really fascinating aspects of the series is they approached Wyatt Russell and Kurt Russell and says, we want to cast you both in the series. I love it. 
you're playing the same character as a, uh, Wyatt as a young man and Kurt as a much older man. And so <coughs> it's the first time they've done a project together, especially like this, because they've gotten many office, offers to work together as father and son. But Kurt Russell, I mean, both the Russells are great. Yeah. I would say a weakness is I'm fully invested in the flashbacks. Yeah. But in the present day, Kurt Russell is definitely the best actor of the bunch. And then the the three younger actors, you've got, you know, the the Japanese American woman, her uh, Japanese half brother, and then his ex girlfriend who's black, and uh, so the kids are kind of a drag. Yeah. And the guy who plays the son, evidently, this is his big break. He has not acted before, so he's very, you know, he's a good looking kid, not a great actor. Right. <laughs> so, I, would say, I would agree. I, I wish the focus would be more on Kurt Russell. And delving into his past, but I think they're trying to appeal, you know, to a television version of Four Quadrants. But uh, when we do see the monsters, there's a really cool ice-based monster in the Alaska episodes. Yeah. Kind of cool. And then we're going to be going to Africa soon. But I really want to know more about the backstory and the history. And they're kind of doling it out slowly. So... Um, but I'm in. I, I mean, it's uh, Chris Black, who's a veteran of Star Trek and a lot of science fiction series, co-developed the show with Matt Fraction, who is a very prominent comic book writer. He did a celebrated run on Daredevil, which they've drawn uh, from for the TV series. So, um, but yeah, I'm, that. it's not perfect. I mean, the weakest part is the, the young characters. Um, and but it's well produced. They obviously have a lot. Apple's got all the money. Come on, face it. Apple it's, and Apple it it is luxuriously, beautifully, just such a big budget. It's beautiful. It's yeah. I, I kind of wish the younger cast members were stronger. I think Kelsey Clemens is pretty good as the ex-girlfriend. Oh, so she's great. She's she's actually much better in this than she was in the the ill-gotten Flash movie. She oh I didn't see I didn't, I didn't she was that. Iris Allen. She like I think she, sorry Iris West. She and Kurt Russell so far they're the highlight. It's, it's their movie. Russell. Although I like Anders Holm and definitely uh, Tamlin Tamita in the past. Wait, let, let, let me pull up the poster again. Let's see who are who are you talking about? Anders Holm is the uh, the, the young Anglo scientist. Okay, up to be John Goodman. Yep, and. Uh, a very thin guy. Oh, that's John Goodman. I didn't realize that. That he in in the pilot when John Goodman running from the giant spider, right, and throws the thing in the ocean. Hmm. That's the grown-up version of Anders Holm. Oh, I didn't and know that's that. Tamlin, that's Tamlin Tamita as the uh, as the half sibling's grandmother. Yep. Who we see very early does not survive, but because we see flashbacks, we get to see her. Before her ignominious demise. Yeah. Which was oh. pretty gross, I might add. Well, they didn't show her die. They didn't well, show her die exactly, but they showed her being pulled to her death by lots of creatures. Yeah, there's there's no way she survived that, that's for sure. No, no. But we but because we can flash back before that, we're getting the history. So that's you cool. know, I, I'm in for the ride. I am too. And I and when I was first talking to you about this, Thomas, or I called it I love the fact that we are at peak Godzilla. We're getting a lot of Godzilla stuff. 
I, I just wasn't sold on it at first. I mean, I like the pilot episode, but I think it feels as if, I mean, it's the monster scenes are great. <coughs> I'm telling you, was it yet episode three or four when the flashback when everybody's on the beach and Godzilla comes out of the water and he's off in the distance and oh my gosh, I loved that scene because it had such a feeling of like, immenseness and scariness godzilla impending doom yeah commanding the horizon i love that and what's weird is i got that scene mixed up with godzilla minus one so i kept on expecting that scene in minus one it's like wait where's that scene they keep advertising no it was in legendaries you know monarch the monarch series so so much godzilla stuff now that i'm mixing it all together but i i haven't I, I think I, I'm with you. The modern day story, I haven't hitched onto it yet. It's not grabbing me. It's not that interesting. The characters they have in the flashbacks are so much more interesting right now. Um, I, I'll have to check. I'll have to check it out. It sounds. I mean, it yeah. Um, it, I like how they're um, having all these characters cross over because John Goodman's character is a big part of Kong Skull Island. Yes. Like his. Yes. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm sold. I will catch up. With <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he's part of the the whole um, what do you call it expedition? I guess. So yeah, it's cool that they were like crossing over all this stuff. You know. Yeah, it, they're doing the monster verse. It's basically the MCU right now. It's the monsters. Yeah. It's the MCU. It's, well, it's the monster version of the MCU. Well, a little, a little less output, so therefore a little bit more quality control. I hope. Right. I hope so. <laughs> Good gracious. I all do right. know that. Um, as they were, I, I watched the, the the ever so brief uh, behind the scenes, and they had to Black and Fraction had to pitch their they had to pitch the series to Toho for Toho to sign off on it because they okay. own they're the IP holder. You yeah. know, Legendary's just licensing these characters, so you want to keep them happy because it's so easy when you know, hey, we don't like what you did with our our, our toys, so we're taking them back. I loved um, Toho. Was it last? I think it was this past year or the year before. Toho had the big Comic Con booth in San Diego, celebrating the anniversary of Godzilla. And then you, then they had the gaming room downstairs. They had the giant Godzilla figurine down there. I, I, I just, it just started building. And I, and I know Toho. They're the the owners of Godzilla, and they've done a good job for so long. But the best thing I think they've ever done is Godzilla minus one. Let's talk about that, my friends. Oh my we got we're going to talk about Godzilla minus one because, all right, I, I um, we're going to talk about it for a second, and then I'm going to let my buddy jo Johnny um, say his uh, a little bit, give us a little bit of perspective, the Asian perspective on the the story of it. But um, how about, let's let's start with let's start with Jake, and then move over to Thomas. And uh, Jake, what'd you think? You just saw it yesterday, fresh. I saw it last night, late last night. I saw the last. <laughs> the last uh, screening they had available. Yeah, I loved it. It was great. I, you know, I had to, uh, usually I go to movies with some buddies of mine and it, it's kind of a tough sell to be like, hey, we're going to go see this movie. You want to go see it? It's Godzilla. Like, okay, cool. It's like, but it's the Japanese version. And they're like, <laughs> oh, like, and you have to read subtitles. He's like, um, I'm okay. <laughs> like, you know, so, <laughs> so I went by myself. I sat, I enjoyed it, loved it. Just amazing. Everything about it was great. Acting, visual effects, storytelling, everything just top notch. And like I knew, I, I had heard, you know, 
every time I don't know, I, there's a part of me that's always skeptical, skept, skeptical when I see like reviews that are just like always like through the roof. I'm just like, I don't know. Come on, let me just see it for myself. And I just sat there. I'm like, no, like everyone's right. Critics, fans are right. Like this movie's great. It's awesome. So yeah, I can't I can't recommend it enough. <laughs> Not only is it a great Godzilla movie, it's a great movie movie. Right? Yes, and that's to its uh, that's to its advantage. I um, a friend of mine, actually Jim's uh, Jim's met him virtually. Derek Hughes, he's a co executive producer on on the new Quantum Leap, and has done. He and his writing partner uh, have done a lot of work on science fiction fantasy shows. But he text he he texted me and said the hype is real, <laughs> and I value his opinion. So the biggest screen I could see it here in uh, West Palm Beach, it was a 10.30 p.m. Saturday show, and I'm not a spring chicken anymore. So club. I, I took a couple couch steps the after, you know, that Saturday, and I dragged myself to the theater. I was gripped. I was gripped. And I, my ship was stationed in Japan uh, when I was on active duty in the Navy in the late 80s. So uh, just uh, things set in Japan, it's interesting. You know, I, I got to know a little bit of the, about the culture, and you know, did a little bit of travel there. But who does think the Japanese would make the best Godzilla movies? Uh, <laughs> everybody. But for me, it was kind of like Toho laying down the gauntlet and says, "Our property, we know best what to do with them." And they made a prequel that kicked serious butt. I agree. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and I'm gonna make a statement. I. Until I, I haven't seen every Godzilla movie ever made, but up to this point, this is my favorite Godzilla movie I have ever seen. And it, for those of you, it's a, it is kind of a long movie, isn't it? It's about two hours. I think it goes almost a full two hours. Mm -hmm. Um, I start, Tom, my movie started at 10 15 as well at night. <sighs> uh, we did have 15 to 20 minutes of previews, AMC, so it didn't really start to, yeah. 10 30 and i um usually when i go see a movie that late at night I, I i nap a little right in the middle of it you know i'm always i didn't sleep at all in this movie there's <laughs> that's just something and i was mo most excited and i've been and you can anyone who's watched the show here knows that this is my my thing i wanted godzilla to be scary again i wanted a scary godzilla I'm, you know, I know there's the older ones where they team up and fight and all this other stuff. That's fine. And that's good for what it is. But I've gotten tired of Godzilla being nothing but friendly, being nothing but the protector. And there was no, nobody's, I mean, I know he steps on things and ravages things, but he just didn't seem scary. The Monarch series kind of is making him scary. Like it, he's like G-Day. I, the, my favorite part about the Monarch series is when you're in, is it Tokyo Tokyo or, or San Francisco, one of the two, where they have, what's the big city they're in that it's all the Godzilla evacuation routes? San Francisco. The, San Francisco, yeah. That's all different. the missiles are set up, and it, they do the big um, emergency procedures, like emergency to see if you can escape during Godzilla. I, I just think that's part I've never thought about that. That's brilliant. It's almost like Godzilla is a hurricane. Godzilla is a bomb. Because originally, in the 1954, Godzilla represented the the atomic bomb. And he was death. He was death to the Japanese people. And some people have even suggested, I don't know if I fully go along with this, that Godzilla might represent the United States. Because 
Godzilla was awakened, the sleeping giant was awakened and ravaged the people of Japan. So either way, both of them kind of like fit. But if you guys will indulge me a little bit, can we talk the human aspect of Godzilla, the human story, which is so rare in a Godzilla movie, Yeah, was probably one of the best parts of this movie. Um, uh, Thomas or Jake, do you guys want to just set up what was the main storyline? What was the through line of this this, story, this movie? Before the first Godzilla attack, there's a kamikaze pilot who basically 1945 out, Japan who chickens out and says he has mechanical problems. The plane's fine, but when he lands, the island is prone to the very first Godzilla attack. And this is the movie's a prequel, by the way, which was kind of interesting. Uh, my understanding is the reason they call it minus one is because uh, Japan's already been ravaged by Hiroshima oh. and Nagasaki, and then Godzilla attacks. Oh, I didn't know uh, that. But uh, what they dealt with, uh, the, the pilot returns home kind of in shame because kamikaze pilots are supposed to die, not walk safely. So people call him a coward and this and, and then he meets, he has a meet. Well, I hate to call it a meet cute. That's more of a East Coast American thing. But he meets up with a, a, a woman and she has taken in a war orphan. And so they become this de facto family unit and you really grow to care about this relationship and then stuff i don't don't want to give everything away but stuff happens yeah and i think what toho did masterfully that a lot of the american movies have not done is makes you care about the human characters yeah and you know i don't even share a language with them but it's the emotion it's the empathy that you're drawn to these charismatic actors and there's a lesson to be learned here legendary you know make yeah. us care about the humans oh i know the legendary films which i kind of you know I, I i like the earlier ones much more than these later ones but i i just can't follow the character storylines i just don't care about them you know they kind of fall into the they kind of fall into the same things as like you know they have the younger characters be like way smarter than they should be, I guess. It's like, you know, like the Millie Bobby Brown characters and stuff yeah. were always like way smarter than the adults. It's like, of course. it's like, you know, it's just, it, you know, like the, like those movies and, uh, for example, like the Transformers movies, like they're both big action movies and both movies, you know, up until this point, like a lot of times I'm just like, I don't care about the, the human characters. Like, yeah. just, I just want to see, Godzilla fight monsters. Like I don't care about anything. That's how I was. It's like you know, but this movie, I was like, I'm really invested in, this, in these characters. You know. Yes. Somebody told me that in the last in Godzilla versus Kong, or not God versus was it either Godzilla versus Kong or Godzilla versus all the monsters? God's King of the Monsters. King of the Monsters. That that uh, Kyle Chandler had six lines in the whole movie. There in one of those movies, and I, you go back and watch it, like yeah, he barely is in that movie that they, they yeah. just don't even care about these relationships guys and i apologize um for i have an interview with a friend talking about the basically the japanese response the japanese and, and perspective in this movie and this is my friend johnny tang he's from he's of asian descent he was born in cambodia and this is uh an area that he knows well um and it is a seven minute interview so um 
so Tom and Jake, you guys are welcome to take a bathroom break when, when we start this. But this is super interesting. I do want to apologize to everybody up front. Um, there is discussion of suicide and self-harm in this discussion with Johnny because the movie does deal with the the honor code of kamikaze pilots who abandoned their if they if a kamikaze pilot abandoned his flight and returns back to a ravaged japan i guess they would turn their backs on him so that's something i i was and there's like a, a culture of honor and suicide that still kind of persists in japan it's the got the highest suicide rate in the industrialized world i guess right now seppuku is the tradition where they would fall on their swords rather than yes by americans yeah yeah and and i these are things i didn't realize that still persist in japan and that the filmmakers kind of took an attack on that culture which was interesting i i just thought that was so interesting here this is with my friend johnny um and Hopefully you guys enjoy where to go, where to go. I just had it like, here we go. All right, here we go. Welcome back to our Godzilla podcast. I have a special guest with us today. This is my buddy, Johnny. Johnny is of Asian descent. <laughs> so we're gonna be asking, no, I think it's really important to get some perspective from, from folks of Asian descent about what we just saw because we are talking about Godzilla minus one, which I consider perhaps one of my favorite Godzilla movies I've ever seen. It was awesome, it was amazing. We got all of our Godzillas here. Yay. We got the Shin Godzilla. I think with the I think when the Japanese folks, when Toho makes uh, Godzilla films, they know what we're doing. They're doing. I'm not so sure that um, Universal Legendary is quite on board, although I am kind of liking their films. Anyways, Johnny, we just got done seeing Godzilla minus one. What's your first impression? Well, I thought it was a very fun movie. Uh, man, I thought it was a very, very brave and uh, really uh, sh a movie for the ages. They were taking on some really uh, interesting um, topics. Um, and not, maybe you want to get into it now or later, but... Well, first of all, let me just say, Johnny has not seen a ton of Godzilla films, right? I have right? not. But he went to see this film with me, and he really enjoyed it. Not necessarily... Okay, I'm going to say it right up front. Not for the Godzilla stuff. Johnny loved it for the story yeah. of the, the, the central characters in the movie. Yeah. Tell me why that moved you. Well, I thought in this situation, um, the people who made the movie um, took a very, very brave perspective. They used Godzilla as their platform to make some very, very strong points. Mm -hmm. And you bring me on for my Asian perspective. Um, By the way, I'm not trying to be no, it's fine. exploitive about that. John, me and Johnny are really good friends. We talk about this stuff all yeah. the time. It was really cool because he was telling me, because you know what? That movie was so important, and I could care less about the Godzilla stuff. It was yeah. that what the central story about the, the guy, yeah. the kamikaze pilots exactly. in there that, that really resonated with you. Tell yeah. me about that. To me, it's, it's all about um, you know culture and culture shift. Uh, the big thing, I'm not sure how much you know, Jim, but we didn't have a chance to talk about this, but... Um, you know, the kamikaze and suicide and whatnot is a very, very central theme to the Asian, to the Japanese culture. It's a source of pride. So for them to take on this topic was, oh my gosh, that yeah, is like yeah. a ton, an atomic bomb in of itself. I love you said atomic bomb because this whole movie is about the atomic bomb awakening Godzilla. And it was during World War II yeah. when the kamikaze pilots were so prevalent. And what we saw in the movie... Um, a kamikaze pilot who kind of abandoned his mission mm -hmm. and his countrymen were turning their backs on him. Well, and But he had to soldier through that. Can you talk, 
what is that like? I mean, from an Asian perspective, yeah. what was it? What? How does this story resonate? That is probably the worst, um, for lack of a better word, the worst sin um, a Japanese person can choose to do to not fulfill his obligation, uh, which is to give, um, you know, the biggest sacrifice they can give, which is his life. And um, for him to come back alive is a huge shame to, to, to his country and to his family and to his community, and just to his whole country. Is can, There's no greater shame than, than there is. So, you know, here's a story about a man, you know, having to restore that, the greatest shame that, that, that you can think of. Let me ask you this, from what you've experienced or from what you know, let's say, okay, let's remove Godzilla from the equation. If somebody comes back and is they've abandoned their kamikaze mission, what would his life be like when he returns home? He would be shunned from society, period. And luckily in that situation, they're going through chaos. So if, if there wasn't chaos, this guy would be tormented like crazy. Mm. So... Fortunately, he's, he had a chance to redeem himself. Spoiler alerts. We're going to talk a little bit about spoiler alerts. How did he redeem himself? Can I? Spoiler yep. alert? Yes, you can. We, did, we gave the run. Five, four, three, two. Spoilers go. So uh, this kamikaze pilot, um, to give this story a little bit, he chose not to uh, fulfill his mission as a kamikaze. And, um, yeah, he, he came back pretending that his uh, airplane had issues and so now the, the Godzilla story um, comes to play and uh, he had a chance to redeem himself and this is a chance for him to actually he did give up his life for his country but the guys who he um, did not fulfill his, his mission for gave him the permission to not give up his life and, and they put uh, was it a shoot, right? What is it? Uh, they gave him an ejection seat. They gave him an ejection seat. That, yeah, like he was being very much tormented by this one main guy who just said, you are a traitor. You have abandoned your mission. We don't recognize you. But that same guy, we find out later, said, you should live. You should live. You, should live. you yeah. don't have to die. So yeah. this was almost like an indictment yeah. on the kamikaze mindset. Yeah. You know, a little yeah. bit like like a, a Japanese filmmaker attacking a central tenant of the Japanese fight during World War Two. I can't speak to that. I, I don't have that same background, that knowledge. But how did that affect you? How did his outcome, his redemption story? How did how what did that mean to you, man? To be honest with you, Jim, I don't really, I haven't been able to fully um, put into in, in, uh, put it all together because this is such a huge. Um, you know, take on, on, on the, the on the culture's philosophy. So I'm not even sure how to make sense of it all. It's such a big, big thing, central theme to, to how this, the Japanese people, you know, view life, view the kamikaze and give them their life. I'm sure this is, you know, bringing back to um, our current society, you know, with Middle East stuff, it's very similar in that regard. With what stuff? Middle East. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. <laughs> so it is current. You know, that, that it is way. current. I don't want to get too political there. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Let's keep it 100 years yeah, ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just saying, at the end of the day, you know, it, 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 it's really like a culture shift. So I'm just saying this, okay, so this story is taking on a, a culture from, you know, 100 years ago, yeah. right? Yep. 100 years from now, there may, might be a movie to take on, you know, what's going on here. So I'm just saying, just to give you the point, how big uh, uh, of 
uh, you know, and um, a story this is for these people to address this particular topic. This is astronomical. Yeah. I can't even fully like wrap my head around it. Can I ask you a question? Like, I and I don't know if you know this or, but like, this movie right now is exploding across. Like in North America, it's expanding to twenty five hundred theaters. It's becoming a huge, huge hit. Worldwide, it's becoming a big hit. In Asia, in Asian countries, it's becoming a, in Japan, it's a huge hit. What do you think it says about current culture that it's being embraced so widely? I mean, for what for one thing, it's Godzilla. He's back. He's scary again. Okay, mother. Yeah. So I'm not sure. <laughs> just just bring this back to current culture. Suicide is still commonplace in Japan. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? This concept of suicide is commonplace in Japan. It is a cultural norm. I didn't if know a that. son if a son fails, his honor is to kill himself. That's his honor. Oh gosh, I didn't know that. This is news. I I'm just not so well versed in. <laughs> That's why you brought me on. <laughs> That's why I brought you on because I don't know these things. So like. How do you think that this movie, the message of this movie, is being viewed by maybe elders in Japan? That's what I'm trying to tell you. I cannot wrap my head around it. This is so. This is such an atomic bomb. I can't wrap my head around it. This is like somebody burning the American flag. I don't know. Just, just so huge. This yeah. is. This, you know what I'm saying? This is a. This is so commonplace. If a son goes and fails in business or like in school, whatever it is, you know, he comes home and kills himself. And that's his way of restoring honor to the family. Are you Suicide. serious? I didn't know this. I, I don't laugh. I did not I'm know not this. I'm not laughing. That's I, why I was going to prep you before we talk. But here you are. I, I Yeah, he, Johnny didn't prep me before we talk. Anyways. This is commonplace to today. That's why there's so much suicide. The greatest, one of the biggest suicide um, nations is Japan. Hmm. Their store honor is suicide. That's how they restore their honor. If I failed my father, the best I can do is, is give up my life. Wow, so this is brave filmmaking. I'm I'm so glad they made this movie. I, uh, yes. It, it, on, on a service level, I'm just telling you, I like it that Godzilla is scary again. But Godzilla is scary because he's addressing parts of in, parts of the Japanese culture. I think that are left unaddressed. Just like what you're talking about, this is kind of cool. The way um, the point is, you don't need to commit suicide. You can be great and you can do great things without killing yourself. I think. Don't yeah, I just feel like this the 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 maker of this movie Toho their their bravery is to say honor life American Japanese people of all all people honor life. That's huge. I tell you what, you can't do better than that. Godzilla minus one, it's in theaters now, guys. You should go see it. My friend Johnny Tang went to see it with me, wasn't a big Godzilla fan, but thank you for watching it with me. And he came out saying, Wow. That was a powerful movie. So thank you, Johnny, for being on the show tonight. All right. So that was my friend, Johnny. Um, I don't think we need to talk too much more about the movie. That was a pretty good perspective. But just what do you guys think? Just briefly, briefly, the human side, the, the message side of this movie. Did you guys kind of feel any of that? I mean, I, I guess it affected Johnny more than it affected me. But now that I have a little bit more perspective, I think it is a bold movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, suicide is obviously something that affects everyone, all mm -hmm. cultures, every society. I know it's a big deal in Japan, but I believe the message that they're trying to get across is 
a very positive one, which is, you know, yeah, choose to live as, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the better way to say it. Thomas, did you have any perspective? Yeah, I think that one of the messages I drew from the movie is we need each other. And even though initially there is no <clears throat> real relationship between our two our two young leads, somebody actually basically tells them, well, she's kind of like your wife, and he's kind of trying to shug it off. And then when stuff happens, um, yep. he realizes, no, we do need each other. Life is worthwhile. And this child is not ours biologically, but we are in she is entrusted to our care. So family's not just about blood and biology. Yeah. And I really, I dig this movie. I will buy it when it comes out. I was, telling one of my, I was telling the head of the honors program at my university, believe it or not, this is a good movie. And they're yeah. like, really? Yeah. And the answer is yes, really. We've seen so many hokey, cheesy, Toho version of Godzilla's. This one just surprised me. I loved Shin Godzilla for what it was, although I got a little bit tired of the bureaucratic commentary like did you guys see shin mm -hmm. oh shin what godzilla was scary again godzilla <clears throat> was scary but it was i was like oh it was getting there that was a step towards this this was it's such I a like, monumental godzilla film, for, film uh, for what i liked about shin godzilla was that they really kind of explored his development stage i guess because when the movie starts off he's like a little amoeba like, hey, yeah, he's like a little tadpole kind of guy or whatever like that. And then he, you see him progress into what we know as that yeah. version. And I think Jin Godzilla was the biggest Godzilla that they ever had, yeah. I think. I think because he was just so monumental. Anyways, if you guys haven't had a chance, see Shin Godzilla, see Godzilla Minus One, two of the best Godzilla movies. Tom? One more thing. The production budget was only $15 million. Mm -hmm. Hollywood, take note. Wait. <laughs> Only fifteen? One five million dollars. You can bet Hollywood is taking note. That's um I would hire this guy and have him make a bunch of movies. Oh they, they have to stop spending Indiana Jones three cost three hundred million dollars to produce and another one hundred million dollars to market, and it did not make four hundred million dollars worldwide. Do you mean and the the dial of time, dial of destiny, <laughs> dial of density. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't want to keep us too much longer. I know I do want to zip through some of these collectibles that Jake has for us, but I gotta know. I just gotta. Hey, hey, Andy, like Andy Harrow's on. Andy was out tonight. Um, and Lily, I agree. I think that what's so great of this movie is that the fact that it's so very close to the old Japanese movies. I do. <clears throat> I mean. They started Godzilla strong and scary, and he meant something. There was a message behind what Godzilla was. And now when the monster comes out and Godzilla awakened by the atomic bomb, and there's kind of like this cool message behind it about life and, and honor and stuff. Man, it, it just it just really it was really good. Yeah, I mean, you're not expecting it from a Godzilla nope. movie. You're just there to see monsters destroy stuff and all of a sudden you're just like walking out of the theater like wow like you know like i was not i wasn't expecting that you know? i know 
Anyways, Godzilla minus one. I think we are consensus here. Go see it, guys. It's such a great film. All right, because um, we are up against the hour right here. So, Jake, what I'm going to do is we're going to go through, and you're going to you you're going to kind of take us through some of these uh, images. I'm just going to go through the images. Yeah. Um, well, I think I think everything I gave you is specifically from the company Super Seven, who is really doing some awesome Godzilla stuff. Oh right my now. gosh! Yeah. If you want to just go through the. Well, well, tell us about this first, though. This was something interesting. Oh. So, yeah, we didn't really talk about the other. We didn't talk about the 98 Godzilla, really. But this was. Well, we, <laughs> there's a reason. Right, I know. But well, this. Okay, this quick, why so, was the 98 Godzilla so derided? So why was so bad about that movie? My opinion was that they borrowed too much of Jurassic Park. The, okay. Um, Godzilla's look was too similar to a t-rex he was too like he looked like an iguana to me yeah like it was an iguana mixed with the t-rex he had like his legs were too like you know haunchy or whatever he's supposed to be like she a, she um yeah whatever sorry <laughs> goddess zilla yeah the japanese they called him yeah. they, just, they just they called that version i think zilla and then yeah. in the 2004 movie final wars like the japanese godzilla like destroys it like shoots the atomic breath like blows it up <laughs> wait but i do want to say this brad but um, brad went to the premiere of godzilla minus one and the audience was cheering so loudly for godzilla to kill people and then they also cheered for the people killing <laughs> they were fighting back against godzilla towards the end i forgot yeah. our our buddy um koi jendro who is a friend of brad's was the the host for the premiere here in hollywood they had a big hollywood event brad was there and got nice. to see it on the but, red carpet um, opening night thank you brad yeah. So sorry. Anyways, Jim, that picture you're showing. Oh, no, let's go back. This, go back this, this predates the Godzilla 98. This is actually Stan Winston, his design for a Godzilla movie. I think this was actually made around 94. So it's after Jurassic Park. But mm -hmm. you can see his version of how of what he thought Godzilla would be. And I just can't help but wonder, like, how much better would the 98 version of Godzilla be if this is what we got? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know? All right. It looks it looks awesome. You know. <laughs> All right, guys. One of the thing about Godzilla that's so great right now, you know, I comic books, this cool game from Funk. I got, and we all have our toys and stuff, our collectibles. We keep on pulling them all out. There are so, Jake. I think that's the same. Wait, wait. Is it no, the same one? The, no, this is the this is the King Kong versus Godzilla version. Oh, I don't have that one. Although I do have King Kong, but I only have this. This is from uh, NECA. I have that one. Then I have the legendary one from. The original wait is that not the same one it's a little different it's hard to uh yeah, yeah it's kind of hard to see Legendary <laughs> gave godzilla this really interesting design for his head it's very angular yeah it's yeah cool yeah all right jake so we are at peak godzilla viewing but we're also at peak godzilla collecting take us through yeah. real quick okay so this is a company super seven awesome company makes really cool stuff they have this line of figures called um the ultimate figures and they make them basically like made like made to order so like they have like okay we're gonna make these figures everyone signs up what we're gonna make is what we're gonna make so everyone who signs up is gonna get this if not if you miss it too bad get them on, get them on ebay later yep so this is a i'm trying to think which version of guns i think i got i wait is that, is that not this? Is it not this version? There's different. Yeah, there's like, I uh, don't think so. That one oh. looks more like a '60s Godzilla. I think oh, the one you just showed was like a um, '80s ish. This one, like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So that's an example okay. of one of their new figures. Um, Is that this still? Same thing. Okay. We'll keep going. Ooh. Uh, same one. Yep. That's pretty amazing. I love that. Really We're cool seeing design. Godzilla walk through the buildings there. Okay. Uh-huh. And then there's Mecha Godzilla from the 90s, I believe, like 94, I want to say, around the same same time. Um, yep. Ultimate Figures just like shows how cool accessories and interchangeable heads, hands, yep. rocket rocket blasts, just cool stuff like that. Cool. Oh, and he flies? You can do the flying pose with that one. Yeah. <laughs> the extending uh spears or whatever those are cool so again super seven this is the three and three quarter inch wait it's a little is, one right yeah this is based on the original movie wait, 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 wait. yeah 1954 is it i yeah. i think i got it well no that, that uh, we'll get there that's a different one sorry gosh <laughs> there's so many so the yeah it's black and white because it's supposed to be for the original movie in 1954 the okay. design is that it's the same Mine's a little like there's again there's so many different versions you see mine's it's not the exact same one mine's I think a yeah. nineteen whatever sixty seven or something like there's little changes that like most people wouldn't even notice the difference but unless you're like a super nerd you're like oh that's a Showa era <laughs> this is like a whatever era you know yep, yep. so there's yep. this yeah then we go to oh same, the same one thing. yeah and what's really cool about that was you can see the accessory has the um, the oxygen destroyer, which is oh. like what they use to dis- to destroy Godzilla in the first movie, which and that, and that yeah. resulted in Destroya coming back later. Yep. All right. This is the one I got right here. That's I still have the box. No, that's not. Sorry, you're, oh, you're, getting, you're getting you're getting there. That's Godzilla eighty four. Same company, same <laughs> design, three and three quarter inch figures. Um, obviously from the eighty four movie. Much more like they always. I've always heard this version described as more like a cat-like Godzilla. He has like kind of cat fangs. Oh, he does. Yeah, you know, like it's Is more he wearing like, lipstick. It looks like <laughs> it. Look at these two things. Yeah, it yeah. looks like he it. Definitely has some like big fangs there. Like a. Yep. Yep. And then, oh, uh, this is mine. That's the one you have. And I actually Finally. Have so this is based on the actually the 1970s big figure. They made the Shogun figures that had yes. the, the hands that would pop out and stuff. So yeah, we have the same one. Did, and, did we get this at Comic Con? Um, maybe something. Some but kind. They basically took a vintage 70s figure that was whatever 13, 15 inch, I don't know whatever it was, and they shrunk it down to three and three quarter inch scale. <laughs> so it's the same figure. Obviously, it looks nothing like Godzilla has ever looked no. in, in any movie, but it's just like a stylized version. And yep. the, ori- the original big versions, the hands would pop Oops. off and stuff. Yeah, and then you can see I remember. Like, the hand. They can do like the little thing on the back and get the little fire breath, the little atomic breath coming out there. <laughs> All right, we're gonna zoom through here. Then same thing. Super Seven. They do these uh, vintage style like Halloween masks. So there's a Godzilla and it has a glow in the dark. Ooh, nice. Yeah, very fun. Same thing, Godzilla seventy four this time. Uh, this might have this might have been a Comic Con or something exclusive. Glow in the dark, nice. Just you know, different versions, just a lot of fun. All right. And then this is actually so. What we're seeing here is like a like a digital, I guess, composite of what we're going to get because this is actually for pre order right now through Super Seven. This is a Godzilla minus one. Oh, see, okay. Look, it's here's the minus one poster right here. Yeah. So that's and, so what you're looking. Then here's all oh, that's awesome. That's going to be an action figure. 
that's that's what it's going to look like. And oh right now, man! So you have so if you're going to get it, I think you have up until January something to order it. Otherwise, you either order it or you don't get it, or you order it or you get it through eBay or something. So. I forget. Uh, I want to say I don't know what the price is. Maybe like 50, 60 bucks or something like that for like mm-hmm. a figure. Like this is like a NECA figure. I think similar scale. Yeah. But you're getting like that super detailed look from that movie. I don't know if NECA is going to get the rights also to do that too. But just those pictures I sent. Did you get other ones too, or is that the only one you have? I think I think I have stopped with the pictures. I think. Oh, that's okay. That, but yeah, it's, I stopped yeah. with number 24. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to get the Godzilla minus one figure, um, go to Super 7 and find it on the website. It's I think it's like on the first page there. And then it's the pre order. You get it because at a certain point, they cut off and say, okay, we're done taking orders. We're going to go into production. And then it's about eh, a year or so until you'll probably have it. Yeah. So it's a process, but they yeah. don't want to. They don't want to overmake stuff and have people not buy it. They want to make enough. I get it. So people want to get it, you know. Yep. But again, if you go back to that picture, look how that's that's Wait, back. The, of the figure. Yeah, like that's that's what it's gonna basically look like, like a seven inch scale figure that detailed. I mean, this is the thing. It looks exactly like it. This is amazing. Yeah. I love that. All right, guys, we have come to the end of our show. We have come to the end. I know that you guys are East Coast time, so it's later for you. Thank you all for those of you who have held on and been watching along with us. Listen, um, we got to close out with this question. Thomas, start with you. I know that Jake's more of the hardcore Godzilla fan. I, I'm kind of in the mid, I'm middling. I, I, I love it's always been my favorite monster my entire life. Um, Thomas, of the whole franchise of the past set 50 for of however many years we've been doing it's 70 years now i think next year's next year next year's 70th anniversary of God better than g, time, g times kong coming out <laughs> <laughs> oh wait 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 last thing last thing i forgot can we just go back to this it this is i just i did want to comment on this tom have you seen the trailer for the new uh, movie unfortunately you did yeah what okay? What do you think? What what are your hopes? It does not or... look great. Oh, it looks awful. <laughs> I I don't want to influence anybody. Jake, what did what did you think of it? I I'm trying to remember if I saw it. I might have I might have only seen it. Is it a teaser or is it like a full trailer? Yeah, it's what like a minute and a half. It's probably teaser. Wrong enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from what I saw, I was just kind of like, okay. Mm, I can I'll, tell I'll you though, there's one scene that's getting a lot of pushback and it's the one scene you know yeah. what it is Tom. running buddies they yeah Kong <laughs> and godzilla running called, next to each yeah. other towards I the saw, menace that they're gonna fight they're, it's like bad boys bad boys you know i saw someone made a meme and, it, and they and they compared that scene to uh rocky three with rocky and apollo running on the beach <laughs> <laughs> what is that no 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 they fought to the bitter end and now they're oh i guess it is like rocky and apollo three fighting to the bitter end and then they join forces i yeah. question oh. the wisdom of it looks like they're borrowing a lot from edgar rice burroughs for this whole hollow earth yep. Thing and I'm like, is that really where we want the Godzilla over to go? Because that's kind of not. 
don't know. The last movie kind of hacked me off when King Kong arrived in Middle Earth. Middle Earth. I'm calling it Middle Earth. <laughs> in okay. Hollow Earth. And went and found his scepter and sat on his throne. I was like, no, he's a beast. He's like, you know, a sav- he's supposed to be a savage beast. He had gentleness towards Faye Ray and towards Jessica Lange and Naomi Watts. But... No, he's a beast. <laughs> this is not that's not King well. Kong. That's yeah, yeah. You're talking about different things, like the like the original and the Peter Jackson version is night and day compared to Skull Island. Like it was them taking the character and making it like making the a really awesome version of King Kong. Not that the original is not awesome. It's classic. It's a Peter know, Jackson whatever. version was too long, and he took a little uh, bit too much much of the angsty love story a little bit too much. But it, Kong yeah. was still. He Kong wasn't going to run beside Godzilla and fight another monster. Nope. Kong, yeah, I know that 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 just bothers me. Anyways, real quick as we close, Tom, maybe your favorite, your favorite or least favorite part, of, your favorite part of the of the Godzilla franchise. What keeps you coming back? Oh, uh, G minus G minus one is my favorite so far. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, and you know that that seventies cartoon is an outlier. I mean. Uh, <laughs> we had that that was crazy oh jake what about for you i mean i definitely think that godzilla minus one is the best movie just everything like i said before everything is amazing in it personally just because i'm such a nostalgia guy like i love i like to me nothing tops king kong versus godzilla the original movie that like started off me that'll always be my favorite yeah. even though it's not the best and you watch it now and there's some stuff in it and you're just like yeah <laughs> like that's not it's not gonna fly nowadays but like it's still a great movie it's still a lot of fun so yeah. i still i still if anyone ever is you know not hasn't seen anything i always suggest that i'm like you have to keep in mind just you know in 19 whatever 62 i think it was when it came out yeah I'm like, just think of how awesome this was back then in 1962, you know? Well, like the original King Kong, the 1933. Mm -hmm. Think it, you know, it, it, a lot of people hate it now, but well, I don't, I can't say that. A lot of people have a hard time with all the stop motion stuff, the herky jerkiness of it. But when he fights that Tyrannosaurus Rex, that's still one of the most classic scenes in all of movie history. And when he falls from the Empire State Building, oh my gosh, such beauty. I my first time seeing King Kong was a beast. Yes, yes, it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, Peter Jackson may have overdone it, yeah. probably. I even liked the seven. Was it the seventy-seven version with Jessica Je- Lang? Jeff Jessica Bridges, Lange. Jeff and Bridges, the twin, and the Twin Towers. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's right. I think I, that was. I think that was. Um. Oh God, my mind's gonna go blank. Uh, not Charles Stan. Brogan? Not Stan Winston. Who's the guy? Oh my God. Mm. Oh, Dino De Laurentiis. Yeah, yeah. Well, he did that, but who's the guy who did the effects for American Werewolf in in London? Oh, did he do the same thing? The oh, Rick effects? Yeah. God. Oh my God. I'm gonna come up. Rick, didn't Rick Baker do the Rick Baker? Yeah, yes. I think yes. Rick Baker. Sorry. Yes, I believe Rick Baker was the one who did the makeup for King Kong in that one. Pretty sure, yeah. Well, guys, listen, we're going we're going off on another tangent here. King Kong is great, but this is all about Godzilla, King yeah. of the Monster, Godzilla, who is rampaging back. 
do is it too much right now? I don't think so. I think we're getting what we want. I think that the movie coming out next year might be the weak link, but we don't know. Hopefully they can course correct this this buddy cop adventure movie of Godzilla and King Kong that they're trying to create. <laughs> uh, but other than that, go see Godzilla minus one. It's amazing. Go check out the the Monarch Legacy of Monsters series. It's 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 up there. It's got it's got such a big budget. Let let's see what where that thing takes us. It's interesting. Jake, where can people follow you? You can find me on Instagram at the Jacoba System. And Thomas, you can find me on Facebook, X, uh, Threads, and Instagram. Blurred PhD. Blurred PhD. Oh, you're on you're on. Thre- I haven't made it over to Threads yet. I need to get over there. All right, guys, you can follow me. Just follow me at theconguy.com. Or at James D. Fry on Instagram. Follow the con guy on Instagram X. Instagram X. There's another one. Oh, YouTube and Facebook. We are all over the place, guys. Thank you for tuning in tonight as we talked about one of our favorite, favorite big guys in films. Anyways, Thomas and Jake, thank you guys so much for staying up late and talking with us tonight. And as well, um, greetings. By the way, one last thing. I love the fact that they used the original 1954 soundtrack, the sound in this movie. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, I loved it. It made me, it just gave me the chills when that came on. Loved it. All right, guys. Good night from the Con Guy. Bye, guys. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Con Guy Show, the official program of theconguy.com. Find us on the Weeby Geeks Collective or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And now on sci-fi.radio, Saturdays at 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific both a.m. and p.m. That's 9 o'clock Greenwich. It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi.